Man, we're like quadruple lingo in this church right now. We are so diverse, so socially aware. Come on. What are we doing here? What is this? What is this? Elevate! What? What? So good to see all you guys. Good to see. Uh, let's see who. Good to see Samantha. She wasn't here last week. Who else was it? Good to see my man right here, Angel. The man, the myth, the legend. The guy who will definitely cross TJ if they got no one-on-one. I want to see that. TJ, set it up. You haven't hooped in a minute? Oh, okay. Got to take advantage of that. Got to bust them now while I can. But good to see you, Angel. Good to see you. It's been a while. But you guys, thank you for coming. We want to get into the Word today. We are in a sermon series that we started last week. Obviously, the lights, they're getting excited. If it keeps doing this, let's just turn this off and turn the, the main lights on. The, I don't know why I'm talking to you. You're in a sound booth. There you go. If it keeps doing this, just turn it off, and then we'll turn that light on. Yeah. But give thanks to who? Give thanks to who? That's right. God. Which God, though? The one true God. That's right. You got a lot of people saying that, yeah, you just give thanks to a general God, but we're talking about a very specific God, Yahweh, Elohim, the God that was revealed to us in the Bible. Now, we learned last week to give thanks because what? See who remembers. What does God do? God what? God gives. So obviously when someone gives you something, you say, thank you, right? If you don't do that, fix that, okay? Fix that. Say thankful. Be thankful. Say thank you, all right? Uh, like that one worship song, I just want to say thank you. Is that a worship song? That was what you were singing earlier? Yeah. Or uh, I just want to say, no, that's, that's, that's a whole different one. That's a whole different one. Give thanks to God, right? That's who we're giving thanks to. And we learned because he gives. Now, we all have to clarify something, okay? We give thanks to God, all right, to God. I know I said a little bit about this uh, the other day, but we don't do what Snoop Dogg did. And I finally found the video, and I wanted to share with you. Uh, if we can put on the video, please. I watched the video. This is, he's finally, uh, he got his star. If, for all y'all that know about they get a star, on uh, Hollywood Street or Boulevard or whatever, and they get their name on it if they've done something really good, like film-wise. So let's listen to Snoop Dogg. He's, uh, he's giving his speech. To earn a star on the Walk of Fame, that honor begins to Lassie and Rin Tin Tin. You will be the first to not immediately pee on it. I want to thank me. <laughs> I want to thank me for believing in me. I want to thank me for doing all this hard work. I want to thank me for having no days off. I want to thank me for, for never quitting. I want to thank me for always being a giver and trying to give more than I receive. I want to thank me for trying to do more right than wrong. I want to thank me for just being me at all times. All right, thank you. That's all right. I think that's, I think that's the... He's just kissing on the cheek. No, that's his wife. Hey, we can give him respect for that. He got a wife. This is his only wife, right? Yeah. Respect that, you know? Respect. You know? Now, here's the whole thing. He still got to stop doing all them videos with people that aren't his wife, though. 
But, all right, so here's the thing. Snoop Dogg starts off, I just want to thank me, right? And that's funny. That's, I'm not going to lie. I laughed when I saw it. I was like, this dude. Wow. Okay. But, I mean, he was being honest. Because then you got rappers that come up there and are like, yeah, I want to thank God. And then they just start cussing like a bunch of times. And then you see them in the news. And they, they, left, their, they left their girl. And he got, she got like three kids. Or you got NBA players that they have six different kids from seven, like seven different women or something like that. You know, I know the math's off there. But, they're like, but then when you see them and have them in interviews, they're like, man, yeah, I'm just so thankful. Thank God. I wouldn't have got here if it wasn't for God. And they thank God. But really, are they giving thanks to God? That's the question. That's the question. When we are thankful and we're saying thank you and we're praying before our food, that religious prayer. I have, uh, in, in, my, in my class that I teach for Bible, I have, every, I have to students pray. And we ain't even in lunch. Lunch already passed or lunch hasn't even happened. And they're like, yes, Lord, uh, I just want to thank you for this food. I'm like, where the food at? They're just so religious with saying thank you. Like thank you has become such a religious thing. Especially even in prayer, like, do we are we honestly thankful? Like, is that a is that something that we're actually saying thank you to God for? Because that's a powerful thing. That's a that's an important thing to say thank you to God. Matter of fact, in the Old Testament, we won't get there today, uh, but the Lord actually says that, and He doesn't even want th- uh, sacrifices anymore and these religious things. What He wants is for them to be thankful. To be thankful. So God cares about us giving thanks, but we have to understand that God is the person that we're thanking. God is the object of our thanks. And we thank him because he is good. He is good. You see, he is so good that he is worthy of thanks. And then next, this thank you is not just something that's happening in your heart. It's something that you are expressing, that you are saying, that you are showing. So we have to understand those things about thankfulness. If we can go to Psalm 107, please. Psalm 107. You see, some say, you know, I'm thankful. And then when you find out who they're thankful for, they're like, man, I'm thankful for the universe. Like, I just want to thank the universe right now. Man, well, thank the universe that we all happen to be here. I don't know. If you watch any type of show or, or if you watch some shows, right, and you, you maybe talk to some people or, you know, if you uh, graduate high school, wait like three years, I'm telling you, you'll see these people that will constantly be thanking the universe. The universe is not someone you could thank. It's not. Why? Because it's not a someone. You see, when we're thinking about thank yous, right, and we truly mean it, we're thanking people, right? Maybe we'll thank our dog if we have one, and our dog does something good, or a dog finally doesn't poop, and you're like th- on, a, on the couch or something, or pee somewhere, you say, thank you, just thank you, puddles, appreciate you that you didn't make a puddle, right, or maybe, you know, we'll say thank you uh, to our parents, to our friends, to our family, but th- these are mostly persons, people that w- can do things, and what people do is they do things out of their generosity, they do things when it's not convenient, and these things deserve a thank you. So when we talk about thankfulness, we're talking about a personal person that we're thanking, not a impersonal, like, floaty thing. When you think about the universe, you can't really picture it. 
I can tell you what I picture. I picture like the Milky Way. What do you guys picture? Maybe one of you guys have seen those memes where like, there's like the universe and it's in the shape of a person and it's all weird and there's a person's hand reaching out. You ever seen those memes? I know y'all ain't Facebook anymore, but you know, it was just like very popular, right? To think of the universe as this person, but the universe is not a person, but let's imagine it was. Let's say the universe is a person. And let's say this universe is what they said it was. This, per- this universe is giving and doing things. And, you know, if you think really positive thoughts, positive things will happen to you. And if you just manifest and you just say, it's going to happen, universe. It's going to happen, universe. I'm just so nice, universe. I deserve this universe. Then let's look at this. Let's look at this reality, okay? Think about rich people in this world that are corrupt and old, right, that take from the poor, that abuse people, that rob people, right? Let's say they're positive people, though, because you've got to understand this. You can be a mean person, but you can be a mean, positive person. You understand that? You can be a mean, positive person. You can literally just think about yourself and all the good things about yourself and just say, man, I'm such a good person. I'm so great. Look at these peasants. And then you can live life like that. And you can never care about anyone. And you can take that to the extreme. So the universe is seeing your positivity. The universe is seeing that you are a, you know, a kind person to yourself, right? And let's just say this universe is rewarding this person. Well, that's a, little, that's a bit of a flaw because doesn't the universe reward good people? Well, what if they think that's good? The universe would say that's okay, but what if this person's good that they do contradicts the other person's good that they do? Uh, Should they still be thinking the same universe, or are there multiple universes? Are there multiple universes where I can thank a universe for kicking someone in the face, and then another universe where I can't be thankful for kicking someone in the face and getting away with it? Do you see how you thanking the universe and this abstract, not personal thing makes no sense? It makes no sense. There is someone to thank, and that's God. God is personal, and God does say what is right and what is wrong, and God does say what is good behavior and what is not good behavior. God does give, and he needs nothing in return. See, we need to understand that God is personal, and he's the one that we're thanking. And we're thanking him because we know his character, you see, the universe, you can't say this is how the universe is, and we're going to thank his character. Like, this is his character, we're going to thank the universe. No, you can't. There's nothing showing us what the universe is like. Nothing. Maybe you got some hippie dude who said, I meditated and I did yoga for eight days without eating except blueberries straight from the vine. And you can say, man, yeah, this guy, he knows what's up. He's saying the universe is kind of like Mr. Rogers. So... The universe must be a nice guy. I'm going to thank the universe. Like, no, we don't have that. We don't. But we, what we have for our God is his revelation to us, the word of God. And when we go to the word of God, we see a character who is good. We see God who is good in all that he does. So we give thanks to God because he's deserving of thanks. If we go to Psalm uh, over there already, okay, good. So he also wants us to be thankful and we have to understand this. This is, I'm going to explain two things about thankfulness today. First thing is thankfulness is the result of gratitude. Everybody say gratitude. 
Everybody say gratitude. gratitude. So thankfulness is the result of gratitude. So let's say RJ passes me the ball finally in basketball. RJ's been shooting like 30 shots. He's been making them. Okay, let's say he's been making them. But, man, I want to touch the rock. I want the ball. Like, I, I want to do something, RJ. I know you're the captain. I know you're the best one on the team. But I want to do something. He passes me the ball finally. And I get to, to shoot. And let's say I make it. Right? I feel grateful. I'm like, thank you, RJ. You passed me the ball. And this happens in basketball. If you ever go anywhere or in a lot of sports, if you feel left out in a sport, when someone finally includes you, you finally feel grateful. And sometimes you can't help but just smile. You know what I'm saying? You're like, oh, thanks, man. You know? And, and then you're like, you feel kind of cheesy, right? Or if someone, let's say, goes out of their way to celebrate you, you can't help but be thankful. Unless you're one of those kind of like really isolated people that don't want to be celebrated. And if they, you just get a text, you're good, right? But here's the thing, someone appreciating you, someone showing you, you feel this thing in your heart, and it's called gratitude, this feeling where you want to say thank you. You want to say thank you. And that is, that is a relationship that thankfulness and gratitude has. It's, it's the result. It's an outpouring. You feel so great, uh, grateful inside that on the outside, you start showing that you're thankful. It's a natural result. So that is what I want to let you guys know, is that if you aren't thankful to God, it's because you're not grateful for God. But if you have been thankful for God and, and you've been saying thanks to God, it's probably because you're grateful to God. So understand that. That's the first thing. Now, going to Psalm 107, uh, it says here, give thanks to the Lord for he is, and his what endures forever? His his love endures forever. Continue to read. Let the redeemed, what's redeemed? Does anybody know? Just want to see. If you don't, it's okay. But it says, let the of the Lord tell their story. Those he, those he, those he, those he. Thank you, TJ. See, TJ's the man right there. See, if you ever, I thank you, RJ, too, but see, TJ was loud for five people. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm telling you, he, if, you ever, if you ever just want to, like, do something in life, just have TJ cheer you up. Like, have TJ cheer you on, and he will cheer you on. So it says, those he gathered from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and the south. Well, obviously, this psalm is going to be about the who, the redeemed. And it's going to be talking about the Lord's love and his goodness, right? He's good and his love is that endures forever. So it's unfailing love. So let's continue, all right? Now, the first word here is some. And this is going to be a continuous word that said some, right? Because there's all different types of people, right? All different types of people. And right now, I'm speaking to all different types of people. I'm speaking to different personalities. I'm speaking to different backgrounds. I'm speaking to different families. So right now, this psalm is usually probably sung around a bunch of people that this semi-relates to, right? Both in the physical and in the spiritual. So when they speak about this, they're doing this together, and they're saying, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. What? To give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. So those that have been redeemed from the Lord in that place that they're at right now, they're saying the Lord is good, and they're saying thanks to God. Now, those redeemed people, redeemed means to be bought back, okay, to be bought back. Anybody ever heard 
of slavery, right? Anybody ever heard of modern-day slavery, sex trafficking? So what some people do, because in some countries, that's not really a big deal. Child prostitution. Some countries, not a big deal, right? So what some people do is they buy the prostitute to set them free, right? Or they buy the slave to set them free. A lot of movies like the Schindler's List where they would, he would get the Jews, in a sense purchasing the Jews to work for his German company, but it was a way to set them free. Jesus, by his blood, has redeemed us. He purchased us from sin. Understand that that doesn't mean that, uh, you know, he had a wager with sin like, bro, I got like 30 ounces of blood, bro. How many you got? You got Jorge? All right, but at least give me Brian too. Like, that's not how it was. What Jesus did was we were owned by sin. We had a master, and this master owned us because we gave ourselves. Remember Adam and Eve? We gave ourselves to sin. We gave our authority. We gave our lives to this master that devoured us and abused us and took, up, uh, took advantage of us and made us do whatever we wanted. Let me get that back here. I'm going to make it fall. Made us do whatever we wanted. Now, God brought us back, and he set us free. These people have experienced that type of freedom where they know they were uh, enslaved. They know they were wrong. They know they were gone, but yet God brought them back. So it says in verse 4, some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty. Their lives ebbed away. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from the distress. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. Let them give thanks to the Lord. So everybody, when we say let them give thanks, I want all of us to say that, okay? So on the count of three. One, two, three. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Because when they read the scripture, when they prayed, when they worshiped, it was something they all did. Best believe it, Jesus didn't have a worship band. Believe it or not, Lawrence wasn't back there with Jesus on the drums, he wasn't preparing the altar call for Jesus. Like Jesus wasn't preaching. All of a sudden he's like, <clears throat> and then Lawrence comes out of nowhere. Oh, my bad. And then he gets like this little like ancient piano. No. What they did was they all sang together. They were the, whoever was there was the worship team. Because what? There was no performance. There was no show. There was just this God who saved them. And they had this feeling of gratitude. So they worshiped the Lord. So right now, we're saying let them give thanks as a way to kind of like do that together, right? So to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind, for he satisfies the thirsty and he fills the hungry with good things. One thing I want to talk about before I uh, continue is that we have to thank God for he is good, okay? He is good. That's who he is. That's his person. That's, that's how you would define God. You know, we have that saying, God is good. That's an automatic thing. You ain't even, listen, you ain't even have to go to church. And automatically someone says, God is good. Like Victor was literally looking down. And I said, God is good. He was like, all the time. And went back to looking down. It's just like something that is so true. That's something that we all understand about God. We understand he is good. All right? Now, as much as God gives, which is important, the other half is that he is good and he is loving. So we thank him for that, for his, his, uh, his, his character. However, this love is a different love. It's an unfailing love. How many of y'all ever had a love that failed? Any, any achy, breaky hearts? Anybody got these, uh, this, ice bo- this ice box where their heart used to be? 
Anybody know that song? Got these icebox where my heart. Anybody? See, that's old, man. You don't know Amar- Amarion. They too young for that. Dang, man. See, I don't even, they don't do songs like that no more. Yeah, two, exactly. They're 2,000 babies. But here's the thing. I do remember that one. All right, but let's not, let's not be old people. We're young, right? We know. We know. Here's the whole thing. Anybody, anybody ever had a failing love? A failing love, right? Anybody ever had their love fail for other people? Like, you're like, hey, bro, I got you if anything. Like, I got you, bro. You just need me, I got you. And then they call on you, you're like, oh, snap, you meant now? Bro, you mean now? I mean, I don't got you right now, but I'll get you. I got you, right? And then eventually you're like, bro, I, can't, I don't got you. I'm sorry, man. Your love failed. But God, his love is unfailing. What that really means is that God is obligated by his own love to love us. Understand that, that he is, in a sense, forcing himself to love us. He is a man of his own word. He keeps his word. So he's not going to go back on his love. It's unfailing. Now, for these people, if we can go to the, the first sum, please, the first sum, understanding this, that when we're saying give thanks, when I'm telling you to give thanks, and you're like, well, I don't feel like giving thanks right now. I don't feel like giving thanks. We got to understand the second part of thankfulness. Sometimes thankfulness is you commanding all of yourself, all of your soul, like so many times in this, the book of Psalms, to give thanks. So you may be empty, right, in a sense, right? You may be like, ah, I don't have any gratitude. Now what you do, knowing that God is good and he deserves thanks, is you say, I'm going to thank him anyway. I am going to thank him anyway. I'm truly thankful for God, what God has done. I'm truly thankful for who God is. Even though I don't feel it in my heart right now, even though the gratitude isn't there, I'm going to thank him. And what that does is that commands yourself to be thankful. Now, that is what happens at times in people's lives. Sometimes they wake up and they're like, man, ain't God good. And then sometimes you wake up like, and then you go back to sleep, right? You're like, God, I know you're good, but I don't feel like saying it right now. I don't feel like really living right now. I just feel like sleeping, right? Or I don't feel like being kind to this person because they haven't done anything for me. And you just start complaining and complaining and complaining. Or your alarm, if you got a really annoying alarm, change your alarm. Get a nice alarm. Get a nice alarm. If you're annoyed by your alarm, get a nice alarm. Before I got married, my alarm was so peaceful. It was so peaceful. It was like, it was like birds. And people were wondering, well, how do you wake up to that? I'm like, I wake up in the best mood. That's how I wake up to it. Because, yeah, not anymore. I, 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 we got an annoying alarm, you know. But I don't really get annoyed by it. I'm kind of used to it. Now, here's the thing. Sometimes you're not feeling it. You thank God anyway. It's not about your feelings. It's about God and what he does. And this is what we're going to talk about right now. Uh, we go to the first psalm, please. So the first psalm, right, it, it's he, what is going on here is these are people that are empty, that are lost. Not psalm. The, remember the slides I sent you? I told you I sent you slides. Oh, hey, there you go. You got me. All right. So the first psalm on verses 4 through 9, it's the empty it's the empty person. It's the person that is lost, doesn't know God, yet God has unfailing love towards them. God is still loving them. 
They were hungry. They were thirsty. They were lost. They wandered, right, in the desert. What does that give you an image of? The Bible is giving us images of a person that is, is completely dying, right? They're, they're, they, they have no home. They have no food. They have no drink. And what does God do, do, right? Well, they cry out to the Lord, and God leads them to a city, leads them to a home, leads them to a place to rest their head. They give thanks to the Lord, and he lets them know that they are now satisfied. They are now full. They went from hungry, thirsty, and lost to a city, uh, satisfied and full. So we understand that they give thanks. And they says, let us give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, right? And his unfailing love. Now, let's continue to read Psalm 107. Next verse is, please. I'm going to read it from here. Pray for me, guys. I need to get my glasses. But it says right here in verse 10, some sat in darkness, in utter darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains. So we see the sum. Because they rebelled against God. Who rebelled against God? They. It's the people sitting in darkness. It's the people that are suffering in chains. They rebelled against God's commands and despised the plans of the Most High. For, so he subjected them to bitter labor. That means he made their life hard. They stumbled, and there was, no t- there was no one to help. There was no life alert. No life alert. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from the distress. He brought them out of darkness, the utter darkness, and broke away their chains. Let them give. Let. One, two, three. Let them give thanks, yes, to the Lord. Okay, we got to get that. We'll get better. To the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he breaks down the gates of bronze and cuts through bars of iron. So we go to the second sum of people. Because there's a, there's a bunch of sum of people, right? There's a sum of people that have gone from drug addiction, some, of, some people that grew up in church and left. But these are the hopeless people, right? And these hopeless people were in darkness, lost. They were prisoners, and they were given over to their own rebellion. God said, you want to do what you want to do? I'm going to give you to that. You, got, you hate my plans? You love your plans? I'm going to give you to your plans. But they cried out to the Lord, and he broke them out of their chains and freed them from darkness. So even the rebel, God has unfailing love for them, and he saves them. And what do they say in response? Let them give thanks to the Lord. They give thanks to the Lord. They have gratitude because even though they rebelled against God like some of us have or some of us are, God has still showed us his unfailing love. He still showed us that even though we were prisoners of sin and we loved our chains and we wanted, this was our plan, God. God still wanted to save us and break us from that. And when he does, we give him thanks. So let's continue to read verse 17. Now some became fools. Everybody say fools. Through their rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their iniquities. So that's like the, first, the, the sum we just ran over. Let's say they were in the rebellious ways, and they were cool with the chains. They're like, now nah, I'm cool with this. And now they're suffering affliction. They're iniquities because of their sin that they continue in. And they loathed all food, and they drew near to the gates of death. 
Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Let, let them give one, two, three to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them sacrifice, thank offering, and tell of his works in songs of joy. So now this is the third sum. If we can go to... Uh, the third sum, please, good sir, in the sound booth, sir. The third sum, it's the self-harmer. Well, how do I get that? It's because they chose, they chose to reject life. Even though they saw the imprisonment of others, they were cool with imprisonment. They were cool with that. They wanted to continue in that. So now they began to suffer for their iniquity, and it says they wanted no food. They wanted no food, and they drew near to the gates of death. This is a person that is in despair. That means he's depressed. This is a person that is lost. This is a person that no longer really wants to live. He's made some mistakes. She's made some mistakes, but she's willing to quit now. And this happens. And what this person usually does is they harm themselves. They hurt themselves. They prohibit themselves from God, the one who could save them. But what do they do? Do they fix themselves? Do they say, no, 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 they cry out to the Lord. And what does God do? He heals them, and he rescues them from the grave. He rescues them from the grave. And they say, thank you, Lord. And they give thanks to God for his unfailing love, because even those who hate themselves, harm themselves, restrict life from coming to their life, God loves them. And he has unfailing love for them. And what God wants to do is rescue them and heal them. And this is a love that we can say thank you to. This is a love that we can be, uh, have gratitude for. So last song now, and of course they, they sing it in a song, right? For some of y'all that like songs, like poetry, make a song out of thanks to Jesus. Amen? This is the fourth song. Actually, if we can go to, the, uh, this, to verse 23 first. Verse 23. Verse 23. It says... Some went out on the sea in ships. They were merchants on the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep. For he spoke and stirred up a tempest that lifted the high waves. They mounted up to the heavens and went down to the depths. If we can continue to go down, please. And in their peril, their courage melted away. What I want to explain right there is, their, their peril means, really, it's talking about um, in their sinful ways, okay? So I don't know, NIV wanted to get real fancy there. But that's what they're saying. They reeled and staggered like drunkards. They weren't ready. They weren't ready for their courage to go away, for this high to come down, and they looked like your drunk deal this Thanksgiving. They weren't at their wits' ends. That means they, they, they exhausted all ideas. They didn't know what to think anymore. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. He, dis he stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed, and they were glad when it grew calm, and he guided them into their desired haven. So let's understand the fourth sum. If we go to the, to the slide, please. The fourth son is the fearful person, the fearful person. 
However, how did they get become afraid? Well, because they were following Jesus. They were following God. They were, right, they were kind of like Peter when he stepped out of the waters. The storm is there. They're following Jesus. Things are getting crazy. God is making the waves go high. But if they keep with him, right, if they just trust in him, they'll be able to go on the waves. However, right, out of their courage, they get prideful and they think they don't need God. They become sinful. They reject the plans of God, just like the other people. But they're so far into God, right, and into this plan that they don't know how to sustain life. So they, they're afraid now. They're afraid because things are getting hard. It's troubling in their life. You know, they got bills. If you're older, you understand, right? You got bills. Or you got grades that you, it's like you can't keep up with school. You got all these friends that they're turning on you. They're turning away from you. You're following Jesus. You came back. They're like, ah, you're a hypocrite, yada, yada. Or, you know, you got stuff at home. You used to pray, but now you don't pray anymore. What you do is you sulk. You're nervous. You're full of fear. But even then, when the waves are crazy, you rejected God, you're on your own, right? You're freaking out. You can cry out to the Lord. And what does he do? He calms the waves. And he doesn't just calm the waves, but he takes them to the desired haven. Because the truth is that the prideful person that's going to the top that says, I don't need God anymore, where do they want to be? Well, they want to be in a place with peace with joy, with success, with prosperity, right, with health and wealth. They want that stuff. They want the good stuff in life. What their soul wants is peace. What their soul wants is joy. So what God does is he'll save you. He'll calm the waves, and he'll take you to that place of peace. He'll take you to that place of joy. Even though you were once with him and you rejected him, God is still unfailing in his his love towards you. If I can have Lawrence up to the keys, please. If we can go back to that verse, uh, verse 30. It says they were glad, they were glad when it grew calm. When they saw the waves, they began to feel glad. They be, there, was, there was a feeling of relief. And when you find Jesus in your life, there is this feeling of relief. And he guides them home. Let One, two, three. It's all right. It's all right, guys. To the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them exalt him in the assembly of the people and praise him in the council of elders. Do you see, they were probably, they probably experienced stuff like that, right? Just like some of us in the room have. But we can come together and elevate. And this is what we can do. We can start to exalt the Lord together. We give time for testimonies because we want to see the sum of Elevate. They had some people that were wandering off. Some people that left after they were with God. Some people that were, became fools and suffered so much of it. Some people, right, that were so into God. They were, they were in 201. They were in 101. And they were preaching. They had Bible clubs. They, they were doing everything, man. They were in internship. And they were doing all these things. They were sailing, and the waves were so high that they thought they could sail without God, and they, they left God. But they came back, and we want to hear these testimonies. We want to hear you guys. 
elevates a place where we can come together without a judgment of, oh man, this person did that. That person went through this. That person's part of this family. No, we don't do that here. We want to exalt the God, the God who saved us, who redeemed us among the people that are redeemed. And we want to praise him in the council. That means in the presence, like around the elders. That means if there's like a, you know, an elder in here, we would do that. But even around older people, right? We want to do that and elevate. If you guys could all stand, please. And if I can have the altar workers come. So this is, I want you guys to understand why you're giving thanks to God. Why we're giving thanks to God. No, stay on that verse, please. Stay on that verse. Thank you. It says in verse 33, he turns rivers into a desert, flowing springs into a thirsty ground, and fruitful land into a salt waste. If we can continue to go, please. Continue to go down, please. Understand that right there, 33 and uh, 34. It says, because of the wickedness of those who live there. Listen, God doesn't have to give you things. I had a thought today, because there's moments where God, like, judges nations and people die. And people get angry at that. People get angry at that. And then I start to think, I had a thought, does God judging people... Is that, 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 does that, people get angry because they, they think God has to, has to be good to people. That's what people get angry at God for when they read the Bible or they go through things in life. There's this privilege, this entitlement that humanity has had. God has to give me the best life possible or he's not good. But we have to understand that's just not the reality of things. You may have grown up in a childhood where you could cry, 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 cry because you feel like you deserve something. And then your parents are like, oh, yeah, just give it to him. Give it to him. Give it to him. Whatever he needs, just give it to him. Let him shut up, right? But God's not the guy that just wants you to shut up. You see, because God will listen to your cries. Hear this. God will listen to your cries, and he'll wait for you to cry, but he wants you to learn something in that. So God will give you moments to cry and to think. What is going on in my life? God, this is messed up. Where are you? What's going on? And he'll give you time to think in your crying out to him before he delivers you. Because this is the God that can turn rivers into a desert. You see, you may be going through something in your life you don't even understand. God is kind of the reason why you're going through it. Your relationship with your girl sucks or your boyfriend sucks because God hates that relationship and wants you to break up. You're having problems at school because you're hanging out with the wrong people and God wants you to see that. You're having a hard time with your family because you got an attitude and your family has attitude. They don't know Jesus and you need to see what it's like to live in a family that doesn't know Jesus. You see, a lot of times it may be God who's saying, I'm going to turn this river. You think this is a success in your life, your sports teams, your, uh, your, your grades, everything. I'm going to turn this into a desert. You think this idol that you've put in front of you is so good, and it's flowing springs of life. This is where you get joy. Let me turn that to thirsty ground. Man, a lot of things are happening in, in my life right now, and I don't even need God. He's going to turn that fruitful land to a salt waste. That means into a place that leaves you salty. And it's because 
not because he's not good, but because of the wickedness that, of those who live there. And he's done that in the physical. In the Old Testament, he did these things all the time. And he does it in the physical here, I still believe. But he does it as well in our lives. However, this is also what he can do when we cry out to the Lord. He turns the desert into pools of water and the parched ground into flowing springs. That means the desert, he'll turn into pools of water. This ground that has no water, he'll make flowing springs out of it. There, he brought the hungry to live. And they founded a city where they could settle. They sowed fields and planted vineyards. They yielded a fruitful harvest. He blessed them and their numbers greatly increased. And he did not let their hands diminish or their herds diminish. Then their, number, then their numbers decreased and they were humbled by oppression, calamity, and sorrow. He who pours contempt on nobles made them wander in trackless waste. But he lifted the needy out of the affliction and increased their family and their flocks. The upright see and rejoice, but all the wicked shut their mouth. You see, see, God is able to do what he pleases, and your life is not, is not off hands for God. God will flip your life up, he'll flip it down, and if you start acting out again, he'll flip it right back. Because he needs you to be right with him. There's something more important than the things you have. And, it's, and, and, and this, is what he, this is how it ends now. This is what he tells the people that are around him. He says, let the one who is wise heed these things. That means pay attention to these things. See these things ahead of time. And ponder, think deeply about the loving deeds of the Lord. So that's what we're going to do right now. If you are wise in this place, I mean, the Bible is putting us on check. If you ain't stupid, if you're wise, if you've got some sense, think about these things right now. So you're thankful to God, yes, amen. The Bible says, now don't worship the creation instead of the creator. We got a lot of things to be thankful for in this place. Don't start forgetting God when you're thankful for those things. Understand the object of your thanks for those things. For all the things that God has done, remember, there's a, uh, remember the things that have been done are done by a loving God. He's attached to those things. He's involved in those things. That's what we learned. And we need to give thanks to him. So I want to have a time of, uh, of the altar call. We had four types of uh, sums of people up there, okay? We have people that are empty, right? We just had a pastor get caught cheating on his wife. And uh, he's a famous pastor. He's a celebrity. Cheated on his wife uh, with a woman, right, for five months. And he kept the secret. Even when the woman tried to leave, he pursued her. And he said the reason he did this is he was operating from an empty space. Bad excuse. No excuse for that. But there's a psalm for that. There's a psalm for his sum of people. If he truly was empty, I think he's more of the last one. But emptiness is a, is, is, is a horrible thing. God doesn't want us to be empty. He wants to be filled. Right? He wants us to be satisfied with him. So if you're not satisfied in life, if you're completely empty, that means you have no passion, no zeal for God. Really, life is ugh for you. You're, you're disgusted with it. The emptiness can stop. You can find someone that satisfies you. You can have this person that you can continuously know he, unfa- he loves you with an unfailing love. Then we had another sum of people. So that, the altar calls for you. 
We had to suffer the hopeless people. People that are hopeless, in darkness, lost, a prisoner to sin. There's hope for you. And God can free you from that. Then we had a third sum of people. We had the self-harmer. If you have been self-harming yourself, you have thoughts of suicide, depression, and you know, you know, you get down on yourself a lot because you make a lot of mistakes and you seem like you can't fix this life. Listen, that's for you. Don't continue in your sin. Don't continue in your foolishness. Even if you feel like you're closing, closing to that day where you're going to commit suicide. No, 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 no. There's someone who can heal you, who can rescue from that. Then the last one is the fearful person. You're with God, and you're doing a lot of great things with God. But now life is, turning, life is kind of crazy right now. You have people that are like, oh, man, are you for this movement? You for the LGBT? You're like, I don't hate gay people. I love gay people. I mean, I'll feed gay people. I'll clothe gay people. What do you think gay people are blessed? Do you think they're they're gonna uh, they're living holy? Well, I can't say that. Well, you lost my friendship. You lost my help. You're you're going through that. If you're afraid of that, you're afraid of that persecution. If you're afraid of following God, because you've gone to this place where you're gonna be vocal. And you're now beginning to fall away from God or you turn away from God because this stuff is too fearful. Living for God is too much. It's too much for me. Listen, for you, come back to the Lord because he has unfailing love for you. He has unfailing love for you. Don't be ashamed of God. He's not going to disown you when you sin. Don't disown him when he says something that people don't like. He'll calm your waves, and he'll bring you to that place of joy and peace, and he'll bring you to that place where you don't need people's approval because you have the approval of the Father. So if you, got, if you guys could bow your heads and close your eyes. Listen, so we have four groups of people, the empty, the hopeless, the self-harmer, and we have this altar call for you. You can have a decision right now, right? Are you going to cry out to the Lord right now and see him deliver you? Are you going to see him deliver you? Or are you going to continue in your foolishness? Are you going to continue in your sin? Are you going to keep going on with it? Cry out to the Lord. If you need prayer... This is the altar call that's for you for anything, really. Karina can pray for you if you're a lady, if you're a male. TJ can pray for you. Listen, but cry out to the Lord. He hears you. He's listening. He's listening. He's listening. God has not turned an ear from you. He has not stopped loving you. He will love you. And he will continue to love you. But now that you know this love, as Lawrence continues to sing, now that you know to love, that God loves you unfailingly, then you know he'll definitely save you. He'll definitely save you. I want to release deacons to pray for anyone that may need prayer.
Listen, I just want someone, I feel like we have people in this room that they have a prayer of thanksgiving. What that means is they want to praise God in a way of thanks. Listen, I don't know what some of you guys fall, apart, uh, fall into. Maybe you're a whole different category. But what I'm thankful for is God didn't allow me to become a statistic. You see, when people live in a house with one parent, they're more likely to end up in jail, more likely to end up in gangs, more likely to end up addicted to drugs, more likely to die at a young age. And everyone understands that that could have been them. And that could have been me. But without God's word, without his love, without his unfailing love, that's where I would have went. Because I had friends that were in gangs. I had friends that did drugs. I had friends that did alcohol. I was always around that, but God kept me from that, and I have to thank God for that. Not to say I was better than them, but I'm the sum that survived. I survived this world and the ways of the world. I was with God, and I left him because of despair. I was lost in my darkness, hopeless, but God saved me, and I can thank God for that. Some of you have other things to thank God for. Some of you should thank God that you're even here right now. Alive. So I want to give a moment for someone to come to the mic and give thanks to God. Who can give thanks to God right now? Who in this place is thankful for what the Lord has done? Who is pondering his wonderful deeds? Who is thinking, man, God has been so good to me. God saved me. God healed me when I was lost. God healed me when I was depressed. God kept me away when these people turned their backs on me. He showed me he was a good friend. God provided me a house. God provided me a family. God provided me uh, food when I was hungry. You see, who's pondering the loving deeds of God right now? Who's thinking about it? Who's thinking about it? Are y'all brain dead right now? Who's full of gratitude? I want to invite someone, anyone, to thank the Lord. Praise God because what He's done in your life as well. I want all of us.